I'm Jonathan Capehart here today for Leonard Lopate. This is WNYC and WNYC.org. For more than a year, Syria has been gripped by intense fighting. In that time, an estimated 600,000 people have been forced from their homes, with the vast majority of those displaced internally. But refugees lucky enough to make it out of Syria are facing unique challenges of their own. Joining us now are Melanie Mejavan, the International Rescue Committee's Women's Protection Program Coordinator in Jordan, and Sanj Srikanthan, IRC's Emergency Field Director in Lebanon. Welcome to today's underreported segment. Thank you for having us. Uh, thank, thank you. Uh, thank you both for joining us, and, and my apologies for for messing up both of you, both of your names. Uh, Sanj, I understand you've spent today meeting with refugees in northern Lebanon. What are they telling you about the situation in Syria? Well, the stories that we're hearing are truly harrowing. Um, they are fleeing from home invasions. Uh, they're fleeing from um, arrests, random arrests torture of sons and daughters, um, disappearances, um, destruction of homes, and it's pretty um, random the way that's happening. Uh, And overall, um, the whole way of life has been altered by this conflict. And they're coming to neighboring countries like Lebanon, and they're coming to uncertainty, uh, lack of livelihood, lack of basic resources, and yet that is still better than the hell they were facing in Syria. And have most, did most of those refugees uh, cross the border recently? No, a great many have crossed over the last um, few months, although in the last 20 days um, we've seen 18,000 cross the border, yeah. and bear in mind that the overall number in Lebanon is expected around 40,000, so um, if that number it's um, it's going to increase. We can see that the overall uh, number of refugees coming to Lebanon is going to really get very high very quickly. And, and Lebanon is not not a large country at all. Um, are, are all of those refugees putting a strain on, on the Lebanese government? I mean, the Lebanese government are doing their best to support the Syrian refugees coming across the border. However, even prior to this conflict and prior to the arrival of Syrian refugees, they had their own problems to deal with. Mm -hmm. There are, of course, um, Palestinians living in in Lebanon. In addition, many of the areas in which the Syrian refugees are living now inside Lebanon are poor anyway, and they lacked basic services before the conflict. Uh, And now they have to deal with the additional burden Syrian refugees in dire need. Melanie, how many refugees um, has Jordan taken in so far? In the past 17 months, um, officially the UN have registered approximately 40,000 refugees, but the Jordanian government estimates the actual number to be more around 150,000, given that many refugees are very afraid of registering officially um, due to the uncertainty of what is still happening in Syria, fear of reprisal against family members, or unwanted attention from authorities because um, they may be lacking information around registration processes. So is the influx creating a similar set of complications for the Jordanian government um, that we're seeing in Lebanon? Yes, certainly. I mean, I think it's important to remind that the government of Jordan has for decades now been welcoming refugees that they actually refer to as guests. 
um, and this this increase, um, continual increase in the, the past months of refugees, which is averaging 700 refugees a day, but at times can go up to 2,000 a day, is is really um, putting a huge strain on the capacity of the government to respond and on the capacity of the communities to integrate refugees within the host community settings. Um, how how uh, this is for for either of you to answer? How easy is it for for these refugees to cross the border uh, in, from Syria into Lebanon, into Jordan, into Turkey? I mean, I could talk a little on on Lebanon. Sure. Uh, obviously, geographically, as you know, it, it's a strip running all along the western side of Syria. Right. Um, and there are plenty of border crossings. The issue is that. Often um, it's not easy to go through those border crossings and avoid the fighting that's happening on the Syrian side of the border. Mm. So a great many are crossing um, unofficially. Uh, the border is open. There isn't a fence line. But that does mean that they're not officially recognized in Lebanon because they don't have their residence permit for three, three months to, to be in Lebanon. And therefore it makes it very, very difficult for them to move around and to get recognition as, um, as Syrian Syrian residents now in Lebanon. So mm-hmm. um, crossing itself is fine, but once you get to the other side without status, um, it's difficult to then access government services in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Melanie, what about Jordan? Yes, in Jordan, um, the issue that we've been hearing from from refugees has mainly been um, the very dangerous travel that they need to, to make um, to actually reach the border. Um, once they arrive at the border, um, there is facilitated crossing into Jordan and being oriented into um, transit facilities and then into uh, now the newly opened uh, tented refugee camp. But we are hearing a lot of uh, stories from refugees about uh, the dangerous road that they need to take um, to actually get to this border. And it's important to remind that 75% of these refugees are women and children, Mm -hmm. which means that they are also facing particular protection concerns while they are trying to to reach a country like Jordan and and most probably other uh, neighboring countries. Um, There have been reports that refugees are being shot at, that they are forcibly being separated from family members, and there have been reports of sexual violence occurring mm-hmm. as refugees seek refuge within uh, Jordan. Um, one, um, there's, what happens to a high-profile refugee, like now former Syrian Prime Minister Riyad al-Hijab, who crossed into Jordan yesterday? I can't really speak to mm-hmm. to this level of of um, political refugees. Um, we're working uh, most certainly with with the the vaster majority of, of thousands of refugees, mm-hmm. which are pouring in on a daily basis, um, and trying to ensure that their their needs are being met um, because they are lacking um, access to services. Um, it's important to remind that many of them have um, witnessed or actually um, been subjected to horrific levels of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, they're extremely traumatized. And it's important to remind that these are people that have no prospect of going home, who've fled with very little, if anything at all, um, that have very little economic means to sustain um, any stay within uh, Jordan, which is a much higher uh, level income country than, than Syria. 
um, and so they're dealing with a lot of, uh, of pressures, both economically um, and psychologically, um, which need to be attended to. I'm Jonathan Capehart sitting in for Leonard Lopate, and I'm speaking with Melanie Mejavan and Sanj Srikanthan, both of the International Rescue Committee. Um, uh, Melanie, earlier you, you, you talked about um, the, that most of the refugees coming over are, are women and children, uh, and you mentioned also sort of the, sort of the, um, the fear of sexual assault and, and violence uh, against women. Is there a major stigma around sexual assault that discourages women and girls from reporting what's happening to them or to even seek out yes, basic exactly. medical services? Yes. Um, in general, regardless where um, where in the world, uh, reporting any form of sexual violence is, is an extremely, um, you know, difficult um, decision to, to to make, and um, particularly in in this context uh, regionally, where um, cultural norms uh, usually would not um, would not consider reporting such um, acts. Um, to external uh, actors. I think what's what's really important to to note is that um, men and women have been speaking out about the the trauma that they have witnessed or that they've been subjected to, um, and this in itself um, probably highlights the the very high levels of sexual violence mm-hmm. occurring within Syria. Um, because when you do consider that it is uh, extremely taboo to report such um, such matters. And the fact that that people are speaking out about it um, does denote that there is um, an extreme need to address these um, these issues. So. Mm-hmm. It- in, in a host community, in a, in a situation where where refugees are, are living in an urban setting, it's it's even difficult um, to make sure that they are aware of uh, services available to them um, and that they can report such incidences in a very confidential manner, in which right. they can receive the needs, um, the the services which they which they require and are entitled to. Mm-hmm. Sanj, earlier this week, the Financial Times ran a story about how a large large number of Syrian laborers in Beirut have fled that city. Um, Why are tensions growing with Syrians who come to Lebanon for work? Well, I think it's been a a long-term situation where Syrians uh, have come to Lebanon for work. Uh, I can't speak to specifics of um, the migrant worker population here, but um, there are complicated dynamics um, between the two countries as the mm-hmm. conflict continues. There are also needs that the Syrian workers, mainly men, um, need to support families, and therefore they may have left to do that. Um, one of the key issues, I think, which Melanie's already spoken to, is that um, households which are without uh, a man to lead it are extremely vulnerable to exploitation. So in many cases, these Syrian workers who have been working in Beirut may have left to support um, their families and to provide for their families directly while the conflict's going on. Um, and, and this will be my, my last question to both to both of you. In terms of the refugees you're seeing uh, in Lebanon, uh, in Jordan, are they mostly from villages or large urban centers like Damascus? How about Melanie? You go in, first, and then Sanj. Uh, oh. 
sorry. In in Jordan, what we're seeing is that indeed uh, the the vast majority are coming from more uh, rural uh, areas or or towns, but that are not necessarily from Damascus. But also, I think it's it's also geographically, um, Jordan is is perhaps not as close to Damascus as right. as Lebanon is, um, which may be part of the explanation. Sanj. Sanj, are you still there? Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and um, are you seeing uh, refugees from villages or large or large urban centers, would you say? Uh, it's a mixture of the two, but uh, especially in the north of Lebanon where I've just been, um, we're seeing people coming from Homs and Hamar, the major cities, um, as well as smaller villages around there. Um, and that really does speak to the fact that the conflict uh, in Syria is not restricted to the large towns. Um, and it affects a wide cross-section of Syrian society, um, from the wealthy um, urban to uh, perhaps the poorer rural communities. Um, and the mm-hmm. challenges they're facing on this side of the border, regardless of where they came from in Syria, are, are the same. Uh, let me ask you one, one last question real quickly. Um, are, are, any of these, uh, um, are any of these refugees, Iraqi refugees, who fled to Syria uh, during the time of the Iraq War? Do you know? Well, for Lebanon, certainly, I haven't met any Iraqi refugees, only um, Syrians. Right. Um, Melanie? I, I can't say whether there, there might be, but I certainly have not come across any so far. How about you, Melanie? I think um, it's, it's similar to Sanj. We're, we're definitely seeing um, a lot more Syrians um, mm-hmm. in uh, in the situation, but um, it, there are definitely uh, Iraqi refugees um, that have probably crossed over to Jordan, given that there is still quite a large amount of Iraqi refugees um, in Jordan currently. Right. I've been speaking with Melanie Mejavan and Sanj Srikanthan of the International Rescue Committee about the growing number of Syrian refugees crossing the borders into Jordan and Lebanon. Melanie and Sanj, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you.